Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. All right, welcome church. We're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, today is goodness and faithfulness. Um, first week we learned from the fruit of the Spirit was love. And that's that, the word for love there is agape, which is an unconditional love. It's a spirit-provided love at regeneration. And only true believers can truly have this love because Remember the verse we read, God is love, right? And, and it is something that, that unregenerated people, they can say they have love. And, of course, the world's perverted the word love into so many different things. But true love is unconditional and comes from God. Second week, we learned about joy and peace. And, again, only Christians can understand true joy, even in the midst of pain and suffering. In the same way is the peace that passes understanding. Uh, it is the same way there. Uh, in your worst trial, um, you can get that peace. Um, third week, we talked about patience and kindness. Boy, this one spoke to me big because I want to hurry up patience, right? <laughs> I, I, my, my patience is, 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 is not well honed. And that's, uh, that's, one of the, that's one of the fruit I need to work on. And then there's kindness, right? The kindness that, um, that isn't conditional. You know, if you're kind to me, I'll be kind to you, right? And it's, it's, it's not that type of kindness. It's the kindness, you know, where it even says, you know, uh, you know be kind to your enemies, right? Um, and this week, we're learning about goodness and faithfulness. So our, our verse, if you want to go there, uh, the, the verses that we're out of today is, uh, and, and through the series, is Galatians 5, 16 through 25. And I have the ESV version here. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, 
dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Which means it's a dot, 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 dot. You, you keep going, right? You keep going. And those are the works of the flesh, right? Plural works, right? Because there's multiple. I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, and anytime there's a but there, that means, okay, we need to listen here. Here's, here's Paul uh, coming with, with, with the fix to this. But the fruit of the Spirit, singular, right? And we talked about that, the fruit. This is, this is you have all or, you know, or none, right? It's an all or none thing here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another to envying one another. So, first fruit that we're going to talk about for today is goodness, right? Um, if, 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 you know, if you look up goodness, there's... I, the thought came to mind is, you know, we have Becca in, in college and we think about these colleges that, that are very secular. And uh, if you've studied any type of like moral philosophy type of things, schools are talking goodness more to conjure up uh, different answers um, than we have questions. It says, what is good? You know, what is the good in life? There's, there's that question, Right. Um, we don't see too much good in this world anymore. It, it, it can be absolutely, uh, you can become very cynical today, right? Because the goodness have, has gone out of this life. Uh, secular thinking looks at good as what I like, what I think is good for me, right? It goes back to the selfishness, right? It goes back to the original sin. And what I think makes me happy but that's not an option for a Christian, is it? That is not the option. Even though we go there, we definitely go there a lot of times. You know, uh, uh, you know, you got to temper yourself because uh, when you think you're being slighted or you're not getting what you deserve, the first thing you do is think about me, right? Um, but the answer can always be found in God's word. Um, Psalm 34, 8. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So when we talk about good, these are all attributes of our Lord, right? All these fruit of the Spirit are attributes of the Lord. And, and the amazing thing of this is it's given to us, right? We have this, and this is something that we need to understand as Christians that we should be striving to learn all these different fruits and what they mean, but also, are we living these fruits in our life? This is, this is a great litmus paper, this, the whole series in the fruit of the Spirit, looking at the fruit of the Spirit, is a great litmus test of where, am I, where is my walk in Christ, right? If you're missing the fruit, 
that you, you start questioning, where, where, where am I at? And the biggest one, you know, like I said, that started off, if you read any of the uh, Reformed teachers, any, any teacher, really, that, that's solid, biblically-based solid, love is the number one, because without love, none of this can work. Um, again, we are reminded that good doesn't, it, it doesn't manifest in us, right? It's, it's not a natural thing in us, but goodness belongs to the Lord, he gives that fruit again at regeneration. Uh, the Bible uses the word good in, in, in a variety of different ways. Um, you know, that means that something it, it, that is attractive, it's free from defects, and it is morally upright, right? Uh, and it's simply just right as it should be. If it belongs to the Lord, those are the attributes of what goodness should manifest, right? Um, ultimately, of course, it means that something, uh, sometimes we express and reflect God's character and will because he is good. The Lord is good. I, I used to, uh, uh, there was a guy in church that would always stump me. He'd, I'd walk in, he says, how you doing, Dan? I said, I'm good. He says, there is no good, but none good but God. <laughs> we'll get to that verse here in a little bit, but he'd always remind me of that. Um, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is often called good, the good teacher, right? Uh, and and uh, Jesus gives a clue to his identity and, by talking to the rich young ruler. In, in Mark chapter 10, and I'm just going to do verse 17 and 18. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to, intern, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So if you ever wonder where we get our source of goodness, it's not, you know, we're really good at saying, oh, you're a good little boy, you're a good little girl, you know, and such like that. But the true source of goodness is God, right, and manifesting in our lives. And we need a few good men and women that are believers to expound that because uh, sometimes, like I said, we can get really cynical and uh, not manifest that. And we need to share goodness with others. And, and, and a lot of that is sharing the gospel, right? Which is, which, which is incredible goodness. Um, now let's look at faithfulness. Faithfulness in the world standard is temporal and conditional, right? Uh, a Christian face comes as the fruit of the Spirit and it is, it, is, it is steadfast. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. Um, so how do we become faithful, right? Uh, what does this face come from? This is where, in this study I've been doing, there is a myriad, and, and I'm sure each one of you are thinking different faith scriptures in your mind right now, right? Different areas to go in the scripture. And I, I might miss some of those. But uh, if you want to do a word study... Faith and faithfulness, whoa, there's a lot to be said out there in, in God's word. 
So Romans 10, 17 states, so faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So it's not just hearing per se, but hearing through the word of Christ. Hebrews, and, and, and I got stuck in Hebrews for a long time through this because the Hall of Faith chapter in chapter 11 is it's just incredible and encouraging because um, it talks about, and I'm going to get there, but it, it encourages me because it talks about so many people in, in the scripture that we know of that had the faith. Now, did these people walk a perfect life? Absolutely not. But in the end, they had faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Talking about God. And whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Um, I, I've, I've had the experience, and, and we all have doubts sometimes in our lives, right? Uh, it just, it's just a natural occurring, but usually, you know, those are resolved. Where, where I've uh, seen people really struggle is when they have to question everything. And, you know, you would take them to the scripture, explain something to them, and they would go, but... And, you know, start going down a rabbit hole. And that, that's something that you, you, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, yeah, there's different st- steps in our sanctification. The younger person, in, in, uh, in, in when I say younger, I mean in, in the faith, saved, right? That younger person could be in their 60s when they got, got Lord called them. Can have an issue with understanding and, and having questions. But as we grow through our sanctification, show, so should our faith grow. Um, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, is, like I said, was, is known as the Hall of Faith chapter, right? Uh, you know, I'm just going to just at the beginning, there's, there's so many names in it. The faithfulness of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and, and it just keeps going, right? Moses is in there. And, and so it's like this. One of the most gripping epitaphs I've I, written I found was in verse 13. It says, these, I would love this on my tombstone. These all died in faith. They went to their grave believing, having faith, not having received the things that were promised. All these people were promised things that that were so far into the future that they died before they happened, but they had the faith and understanding that these things will happen. Um, But having seen them and greeted them from afar and having having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. So that really puts in picture what a Christian's faith is. We are on this earth, but a very short time. It's a vapor, right? Right? We are sojourners. We're putting up our tents and moving on. Putting up our tents. And Mike, you should know. You know this more than anybody here, right? <laughs> moving around and around and around. This is a temporal spot we're in. We're talking that this hall of faith, when it says they died in faith, they knew they were going to see their Savior again. 
They knew that there was going to be eternity worshiping and praising their Savior. That should be very encouraging. Paul, Paul understood what uh, faithfulness meant too. In 2 Thessalonians 3, he writes, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from the wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. For not all have faith. But the Lord is what? Faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. That's another piece of faithfulness, right? Um, where people really question, you know, you hear that especially, you know, in, in younger Christians and stuff like that. Uh, can I be possessed? And, you know, all kinds of weird things start going off, right? Um, he is faithful to guard you against the evil one. Now, does that mean you're not going to be tempted? Does that mean you're not going to have hardship fall on you? Absolutely not. That's for your, you know, your Joel Olsteins of the world to say, you know, you, you, everybody deserves a vote because, you know, Noah had an ark, right? <laughs> uh, but his faith, it, it, it's his faith that encourages us. But it also says not all have faith. And that is a reminder that when I say we have the corner market on faith, we do. It's given to us. Is there anything that we did to deserve it? Absolutely not. Is there anything that we can do, you know, to become more faithful? Yeah, grow in God's word. Understand him. But remember, it's all within Christ, right? It's all within a believer's life that you can have this type of faith. Ultimately, faithfulness is an attribute of God given to the believer at regeneration, as I've said. Psalm 89, 8 says, O Lord of hosts, O, o Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. God is faithful, and he is He is. And you got to think, I think one of the hardest, uh, it kind of brought me to mind, the hardest area to be at in uh, a time period was that 400 years between Malachi, right, and, and, and the Christ's coming. For those that to carry on for 400 years to still believe, you know, there was that remnant. I'm sure a lot of people fell off, died, it died off, a lot of dark times. I can't imagine 400 years not hearing from God. Think how blessed we are, Christians, that we have the Spirit of God living within us. That is unprecedented. We, we, I think sometimes we take that for granted. Uh, but those that did have the Spirit of God living in them in, that, in those Old Testament times hung on. And I can only imagine, you know, the talk had to be around the table to always remember, yeah, we're not hearing from the prophets anymore. We're not hearing from the teachers anymore. It's, it's, it's a dry and barren time, but God is faithful. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, uh, verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Again, God is faithful. And we have that faithfulness 
Let's exercise that. And the only way we're going to exercise that is to understand what faithfulness means. Right? Um, we all have doubts. This is the biggest thing, I think, during the sanctification period that we, that we walk through is sin and doubt. Right? Why do we still sin? Why do we still doubt? It's used in part to humble us. Right? And to make sure that we are holding on to the hem of his garment like that lady. That, that we have that dependence on our Lord. And we have to have that faith. I'm going back to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, being a believer doesn't mean we won't have our faith tested. Um, you know, you, again, you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and, and, and all of them went through a trial. Right? Um, those persons in Hebrews chapter 11 needed a reminder that their suffering would not be the final word. Right? So that the author encourages faithfulness to Christ by reminding his readers that God is faithful to his people. Hebrews 10, 23. He is faithful to his people. Because God cannot fail to keep his promise of eternal glory, suffering for Christ is always worthy in the end. I'll say that again. Because God cannot fail to keep his promises of eternal glory. That, that gives me goosebumps because that, I cannot wait for that day. I cannot wait for that day. Um, that suffering for Christ is worth it in the end. Now we haven't seen much suffering and I think that's coming. Uh, we've been very blessed by the nation that we live in. Uh, but I, you know, we've we started going into a post-Christian world a long time ago, and it's obviously I don't have to tell you just just read the headlines. It's getting worse. It's getting more debased, and it's not. And you are going to end up suffering for your faith. Um, I'm sure Mike's seen this. You know, when he's street preaching, right? I'm sure you've ran into some pretty evil people. And there's a difference between the person who's just being a jerk and, you know, catcalling to where I'm sure you've really ran into evil people through this. And, and it, it's, it's, we live in, a, in the supernatural. We really, really do. Uh, why do you think all these teens and, and such are so enamored with vampires, with, with, uh, with, with witches, with, you know, all this zombies? And stuff like that. Because the supernatural is alluring to those people. Right? Supernatural is real. But man, you better be on the right side of that supernatural. Because it's going to gobble you up. Um, so I'm going to conclude here with a great quote I found from Matthew Henry. Again, I, I could probably take weeks and talk about faithfulness because there is so much to say. Like I said, you probably already went in your mind and thought of a verse of faithfulness that, 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 that's close to you. But Matthew Henry says, God is a faithful God, true to his word. There is no falseness or fickleness in him, and there should be none with us. His faithfulness 
should excite and encourage us to be faithful. And we must depend more upon his promises to us than our promises to him. Because, you know, how many times have you promised something to the Lord? And, you know, there's, there's no... Uh, there's, there's, there's no unbelievers in foxholes. You know, that's the old joke. But, you know, it's true. You know, people will throw out, Oh, God, if you do this for me, I won't do it. You know, it, it's our promises to him. It's his promises to us. They don't change. God doesn't change. This world changes. Like I said, we just seen, we're just seeing real quick how this world's spiraling, going off the deep end and set. Right, and it's being you know it's not just sin; it's accepted, right? It's 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 protected by most companies now, right? Um, so, the faithfulness we need to trust in the Lord; His faithfulness never wavers, um, and it should encourage us to be faithful in His Word. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Illyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.